Hello and welcome to Views from the Market, Mid-Market M&A in Private Equity. I'm your host, Mario Negro, a partner in the Private Equity M&A Group at Stegman Elliott. On today's podcast, I'd like to uh, welcome uh, Ross Thomas. Ross is the District Vice President for TD Commercial Banking. He uh, works out of the Mississauga region. He's uh, very active in the middle market and has a really good sense of what's going on in the marketplace and who's... Uh, who's doing transactions on the lending side. He sees a lot from all across the spectrum. And so he's a great participant for what's what's happening in the lending world. So I thought it'd be great to have uh, Ross uh, join us today. So I'd, Ross, I'd, I'd, to introduce you, give you a chance to tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do at TD and um, love to hear more about uh, how things are going with you in the markets. Yeah, thanks Mario. So obviously thanks for having me on the podcast. Um, just so I, you know, I think you covered a little bit about it, uh, but, you know, I'm a 20 years TD banker. I've worked in the GTA region my entire career. Uh, obviously run, a, to your point, run a, an office out of Mississauga and Etobicoke now, but, you know, our portfolio spans, you know, a lot of the GTA, but we'll go outside the GTA if relationships take us there. We manage, um, a, you know, a diversified book of business. So in Mississauga, you're going to see a lot of uh, logistics, manufacturing, distribution, food and beverage. But you know, we'll also get into professional services and uh, technology as well. So not a lot that we haven't seen. So you know, we're, we specialize in mid-market, full-service commercial banking. So everything from day-to-day banking, working capital financing, property financing, and M&A, obviously. And Ross, you know, I, I appreciate your experience and, and, you know, the fact that you and your role see so much, I thought it'd be really useful to talk a bit about what you're seeing in the marketplace, because I find your vantage point, particularly from, you know, what, what the region that you're working in and all the diversity uh, uh, of that region and want to get a sense from you of, you know, uh, it seems to, to me that the, the lending market's hot. Like there's a lot of activity out mm-hmm. there and then lenders are keen to do deals. And then, and frankly, you know, so I'd love to, to get your sense on that from your take on where TD is in the market and their approach to what's going on out there in this kind of pandemic uh, world that we're living in and um, get your perspective. Yeah, for sure. Right. Like, at, you know, you go back to last year, obviously I think we're a year into, you know, you know, the, the economic shutdown, if you will, or the, the transition into the new normal for the last 12 months. And it was slow last summer. It's kind of picked up in the fall and then the winter. And, you know, right now we're a couple of days into spring, but it's as hot as we've seen it in a long time. You know, from a, from a private capital, private equity standpoint, we're juggling, you know, five to 15 deals at any one time. And that's that's as most as we've seen for a couple of years, I see. So, not sure if it's pent up demand or not, but you know we're busy. Uh, and you know, from a from a competition perspective, you know TD's been actively lending, you know throughout COVID, so no change there. Um, you know, but we see you know pretty active term sheets across all the financial institutions right now. And Ross, you mentioned that you're seeing a lot of uh, private equity in the marketplace. Is is that the kind of primary buyer you're seeing? I mean, I wanted to get a sense from you when you when you look at mm-hmm. at the term sheets you're you're handing out. Who who's on the other side? Who are you working with? Do you find do you, do you see um, any any patterns? Any 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 in particular you find 
surprising, interesting, anything? I'd love to get your perspective on on who you're seeing out there a little a little more for for us to understand. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, you know, ob- obviously, you know, we we probably see more on like the search fund basis than the private equity side, and and part of that is our office sweet spot is you know, EBITDA levels from like 1 million to 10 million, generally speaking. So we deal with a lot with search funds. We have a portfolio of, you know, 800 plus commercial companies within our office that, you know, we're happy to service. And, you know, you know this well that, you know, succession planning isn't going away, right? So there's no shortage of businesses that are considering transition. Um, and there's a lot of searchers and a lot of opportunities in the market. So, you know, we, you know, from a portfolio standpoint and the opportunities that we see, um, you know, probably more have been like, we see a lot of COVID resilient businesses, like from, from our lens, our portfolio of clients have managed really, really well over the last 12 months. We've been really, really impressed with how our clients have managed through COVID and certainly the opportunities we see from, you know, from a search fund or private equity standpoint are the same, you know, recurring revenue tailwinds, if you will, were always a redeeming feature and certainly even more valuable today. Um, but we see things are pretty competitive, right? I, I don't know whether, you know, we probably see, you know, some sellers that put deals on hold during COVID looking to maximize value. And then we see some sellers who have accelerated the process, you know, wanting to get out. Right. So, you know, from an opportunity standpoint, I'd say we're probably, it feels like we're neutral, uh, but certainly very active. And you, you brought out a point that I'm seeing in the marketplace and I would love to get uh, your perspective and drill down a little more on it is this phenomenon of, of seeing more sellers. Uh, and I, I, it sounds like you're seeing that as well, uh, Ross, and, and mm-hmm. you know, want to get, get a sense. Is, is that a pattern that you um, have just recently started to notice? Is it, is it you know, it's an uh, you know, ongoing trend? Uh, I just want to get a sense from you yeah. on, on how much of that seller phenomena you're seeing, because it's definitely, we've been noticing in other parts of the, of the market, mm-hmm. and I want to get a sense of how it's affecting you. Yeah, like on the TD side, we've been talking about succession planning and transition management for years now, right? And I think it's, I think it's uh, maybe been delayed a little bit, and we're kind of seeing the emergence now. So, you know, people are working longer, right? Um, I think we were seeing, we I think we forecasted people to be selling their business earlier, and but people are working later now. But you know, we have, you know, we work in tandem with our wealth management team, you know, and talking to all of our clients, like the perspective I can give you when we talk to our 800 plus clients is very rare for none of them not to be interested in engaging in succession planning, you know, and are, are they passing it down to the next generation or are they selling it? And so we have lots of dialogue on our side with existing clients just on what the options are, whether it's private equity, whether it's search funds, whether it's um, within the family, but certainly we're stressed to find clients not wanting to engage in that. So, you know, certainly we see the number of opportunities still be plentiful out there. Right. So. And, and, you know, obviously we talked a bit about mm-hmm. COVID and the impact that's COVID's having 
and I want to ask you, I mean, have you, what have you seen on two fronts from COVID? One, you know, how does it impact your practice generally? And then, I mean, from a, from a, from a terms perspective, a lending uh, terms perspective, I mean, it appears to us that it really has not had that much of an impact. Um, and, but I wanted to get a sense of you if, if, you know, if you're looking at deals differently, if you're doing them differently because of COVID or you're, you know, more focused on certain things that you wouldn't be otherwise. Yeah. So it's a great question, you know, from a practice perspective, you know, we've been, like I said, we've been actively lending for the last, you know, as if, uh, you know, COVID obviously had an impact in the early days, you know, just with a lot of uncertainty, you know, from, from a bank perspective and a client perspective, um, you know, from, from our standpoint, the way we've kind of set up our practice is we've always had a consistent approach to, you know, the bank's risk appetite, you know, and the TD culture has always been that, you know, we want to make sure we're there for clients in good times and in challenging times. So, we were very much set up for this uh, from day one. And one of the reasons I can say that is, you know, we benefit from on-site risk management. So I like in particular, all, all the commercial banking centers across the country have this, but you know, we have three on-site uh, risk managers on-site. And so, you know, that allows us to get to know our clients on an intimate level on a deal by deal basis. So has COVID had an impact? Well, yeah, it's for sure had an impact in terms of, you know, what we're stress testing, you know, what the COVID impact is, what is the new normal for cash flow, you know, what government programs have uh, been taken on by the customer, you know, but for, for a large part, the business hasn't changed for us. And, you know, we're probably lending just as aggressively as we did pre COVID, I would say, but the fund, the fundamentals haven't changed Mario, right? Like, you know, what what does the company do? What is their niche? Is there recurring repeat business? What's the management transition plan? Uh, you know, we're still actively lending uh, good loans to good to good companies, so that that hasn't stopped. You know, from you know, COVID's obviously brought in other impacts. Like I said, like remote due diligence is obviously. A, it, I feel like it's a, it's a new way of banking for sure. Uh, so we've been navigating around that. Um, you know, when we're looking for, when we're looking at either search funds or private equity, you know, the COVID impact of that business is just as important to us as it is to them. So, you know, that's just a, that's just a key feature of the conversation now. And on terms, I mean, have terms mm -hmm. changed? I mean, it seems to me, uh, you know, when I see your term sheets, they're, they're, you're pretty aggressive. You, you, <laughs> you, you seem to be, you know, all all systems go. Okay, you know, I I, I just get a sense from you uh, if there's really any any differences in the way you're looking at terms in this environment uh, when you're looking at deals. Yeah, so, yeah, cer certainly we want to make sure that we're always putting the best term sheet in front of a client that's in the best interest of the client and the bank, right? So, you know, from a cap structure perspective, like we operate on the basis that people want to maximize senior debt and they want to have the most flexible repayment terms that they can find. So that hasn't really changed. I think from, um, from a term perspective, I think we've seen multiples come down a little bit, at least for, for a temporary period of time. What I see a little bit, you know, just by virtue of what we've gone through over the last 12 months, you know, 
there's a tendency to look for probably more covenant headroom and understanding, you know, how the bank might operate if there's a third or a fourth wave of COVID and what, you know, what sort of stress testing either the client or the bank would do on cash flow. So, you know, terms I'd say, you know, I don't think, I think for a period of time, Mario, like probably through the summer and fall, you know, you probably weren't getting as aggressive on terms. I think now that we see a large, larger data set of results, you know, we're probably pre-COVID levels in terms of how deals are being structured. Well, that's one uh, question I want to ask you, just a, one of the things that's been interesting, and I think that, you know, it says a lot about the, the Canadian banks and how they're taking this environment is, um, you know, can't, but, but, you know, people are surprised that we haven't had, you know, you've probably heard this, more insolvencies, more uh, processes, uh, bankruptcy processes. And it seems the banks are, are more patient. They've really sent a message to the marketplace. And I wanted to get your thoughts if, you know, if that's, you know, that's a message that, uh, uh, you know, we seem to see it on the ground. But I want to get a sense from you. Uh, what is the messaging on that, given the environment that we're in? I don't like, I, I can't say that there's, you know, any messaging per se, like, w you know, we're obviously a high touch relationship based business. Um, and like I said, with onsite risk management, you know, we, we owe it to clients uh, and, and obviously the TD bank as a whole to make sure that we're, you know, managing, managing risk and servicing clients. So there's not been any sort of macro uh, messaging per se. Um, you know, from a patient's perspective, you know, how we approach risk on the TD side hasn't changed, right? Like uh, we certainly have internal systems and controls that we work with. Uh, but from a, you know, from a risk management perspective, you know, we, we work with our clients uh, try to understand the risk in, in particular COVID, you know, each case is going to be individual in nature, obviously. Uh, like I said, off the top, like we, we've been quite confident and happy with how the portfolio is operated. Yeah. I mean, we've noticed the, I mean, I have to say it's been uh, that the, the patience of the Canadian banks has been one of the factors that uh, I think has uh, really been, noticeable in our marketplace mm -hmm. we just you know we haven't seen banks and i say this generally in you know td obviously uh, as well is we just you know people are surprised by the lack of insolvencies and bankruptcies and people will say look it's coming and we'll see it in the future but today i mean one thing i would say is you know banks have been very patient with their clients mm -hmm. maybe it's to your point they've been really close to their clients mm -hmm. um One last thing I, I wanted to ask you before we go, because I know, you know, you're a service provider like uh, like I am and, you know, trying to stay relevant, trying to stay in front of clients. And I wanted to just ask you your strategies and how you're how you're doing that in this environment. Are you how, how are you staying in front of your clients in this environment, given all that's going on in the world? I, I know it's one of the challenges we have as service providers and I want to get a sense of. Yeah, so, so, sorry, I think we have a bit of an echo. The, um, yeah, like, it, it's been, it's been an interesting time, right? But, you know, like, we've, um, we went almost fully remote 
you know, in terms of a working environment back in March, and we're still working remotely. You know, we've been uh, visiting clients on, on premises when clients are uh, comfortable to do so, obviously all within COVID protocols and health and safety protocols and lockdown protocols. But, you know, we're utilizing any virtual technology we can in terms of documentation and due diligence and things like that from from a market management perspective it's it's tough right um you know you know doing things in a virtual environment uh but you know we're you know from a from a bank perspective you know we're we're trying to make sure that we keep in touch with all of our clients on a on a consistent basis i think early on we wanted to make sure how they were faring in covid both professionally and personally and you know, obviously, as we kind of emerge out of this, it, it gets back down to, you know, how the bank can support them in, in growth and over the next 12 months. So uh, obviously, the medium is different, but the messaging is the same. Ross, I want to thank you. Thank you for joining us today. It was uh, very insightful to get uh, your perspective on the market and, uh, and your experience, particularly over the last year. Uh, but appreciate your time. Thank you again for joining us.